Welcome to another episode of Touring the AFC South, and it is week seven, NFL football. Man, oh man, some of these races in divisions are starting to shape up, and some of them are just as cloudy as when the season first started. Of course, in the AFC South, you got two teams facing each other that are at the top of the division, and many expected a lot of things from You've got the Jaguars hosting a surprise team in the NFL. And you have the Texans heading out west. Before I get started, though, just wanted to let you know, thank you for tuning in. If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, tuning in on uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you're tuning in from, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you would, go ahead and subscribe, 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 subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate it. And, of course, if you can rate the show rate on, on Spotify, it's available uh, to rate the show there. Of course, five stars would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcast, go ahead and rate the show there. Five stars would, again, be appreciated. And leave a review. A nice one, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Now, course up first we have the Colts and the Titans now for those that aren't aware and not from Nashville it is homecoming week for the Tennessee Titans so a bunch of former Titans are in town like your favorites like Chris Johnson and some other players that people may know as well like a Lindell White is in town like a Lavelle Hawkins like a uh let's see a Nate Washington that played for the Titans a ton of former Titans and some Oilers. Now, I just want to give you a heads up. They do celebrate the Oilers and the Titans here at homecoming. So there's going to be a bunch of former players for this organization here at the game this Sunday. Uh, and also, uh, of course, the recently retired Delaney Walker will be one of those players, too. Now, getting back to the game. <clears throat> the Colts lost to the Tennessee Titans in the first game. Uh, you know, definitely didn't. Uh, they just didn't get it done. But in this game, I'm getting the feeling that they feel they can get some revenge. One of those reasons they feel that way is Mr. Jonathan Taylor is going to play. Now, that is a big weapon to get back. Of course, I believe he was there the first time. Well, he was there the first time, but he got injured. So, I mean, he wasn't really as effective, to be honest. So, you know, so he's coming back. Uh, that'll help uh, the Colts offense because, of course, last week, Matt Ryan had to throw the ball 58 times for them to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. 58 times. Now, that's a lot of times throwing the ball, and I'm pretty sure his arm felt like a little bit like jelly after the game. However, that's, you know, that, that was a Herculean effort by him. However, that's not sustainable. Uh, so they will need something out of the running backs and out of the running game. 
uh, that will help them kind of stay in the game. Of course, they are going against one of the uh, more uh, imposing front fours or front lines in the NFL in the Tennessee Titans. You have Nico Autry, who caused them problems last game. And you do have Jeffrey Simmons inside. And, of course, you got to add in Rashad Weaver. You got to add in Bud Dupree as well. You got to add those guys in. So it'll be interesting to see if the, the Colts offensive line, which has had many shuffles and iterations throughout the entire season, it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold up and block the Titans front seven. We'll see what happens there. Now, back going back to the Colts offensively, you definitely got to see them getting involved with the tight ends. The tight ends are going to be a piece that they, they, were, they were there the last game versus the Titans. Of course, Marley, Ali Cox had a pretty doggone good game. So they're going to have to pay attention there. And then also Alec Pierce has, has emerged even more since the game against the Tennessee Titans. So he's got to be someone to be watched for, too. Uh, that kind of, uh, they, they can put a little pressure if the Titans are not paying attention, especially with, uh, some of the big plays that they've given up, uh, this season so far. Uh, you know, that that's one weak point for the Tennessee Titans is the pass defense. So, you know, the best bet for them is to get pressure up front with their, uh, their, their front line. And hopefully for them, Matt Ryan does not have time to find anybody and make those big plays. Uh, now, the opposite of that is the Colts actually ran the ball or threw the ball quickly last week. So you may see some of that along with him involving the running game. We'll see what happens. Now, flipping it, of course, Tennessee Titans have been getting stuff done in the first half on teams. They cannot. Well, they did. Uh, they, they've been getting things done in the first half on teams. Now, the one of the teams they did score on in the second half was the yeah, it was Colts. So <laughs> it'll be, uh, or I believe it was the Indianapolis Colts. If not, hey, I'm mistaken. But either way it goes, the Titans are having issues scoring in the second half. They score a lot of points in the first half, get a few things going, make a few um, things like uh, getting Derek carrying the ball with the football, the, the football in the passing game, I should say. And that's something that's a little bit of a wrinkle that no one really thought about. And everyone's used to seeing Hilliard come in the game when it's a passing down, but They've been keeping Derrick Henry in sometimes and actually throwing him the football, which he's been catching it and he's been making a move and getting up the field, which is what they would like. So it's going to be interesting to see them go against the uh, this offense, go against the Colts for a second time because the Colts probably a little bit healthier, although Shaq Leonard is not in this game. But, you know, they probably know a little bit more of who they are and what they want to be defensively. Uh, and Dakwe, they're still needing some some more things from him, even though he did show up more last week. Uh, but yeah, they're definitely going to need some more things from him. Uh, the front line stopping the run is going to be paramount because you don't want the Titans to get going in the running game and then do that play action. Because if that play action happens, they've got people they can use to attack your defense. So It'll be interesting to see uh, if they're able to stop the run. If they're able to stop the run, then that makes Ryan Tannehill the guy to throw the football, which I'm not sure anyone wants that to happen. Uh, you know, you definitely want to be able to throw when you when you want to, not throw because you have to. That's just, uh, you know, in terms of the Titans, that's probably what you would probably look at. So, um, 
it's going to be just interesting as well to see the matchup uh, who Stephon Gilmore matches up with. He is the star corner for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, it could be Robert Woods. That would be an interesting matchup. So it would surprise me if you see him a little bit there. But, you know, we'll see if this defense continues to evolve or if the Titans can eke out enough offense. I will say that Tannehill is going to have to make some throws in this game. Not to say that he hasn't over his career, but he's definitely going to have to in this game because they're going to try to force him to beat them. They're going to try to force Tannehill to beat them. We can just expect that to come. Now, of course, it'll be interesting to see how everyone comes out if those simple things that those things that I mentioned happen or if the Titans or Colts throw a different little razzle-dazzle wrinkle in there. We'll see what happens, but boy, oh boy, it's going to be a physical ball game. It's going to be a game with a, a little bit of extra emotion since former Titans players are back. And it's a lot of them in town. A lot. And it's going to be interesting just to see when they face that little bit of adversity, how they respond. Of course, that's the end of the wrap-up of the Colts and the Titans. It's going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, the Jacksonville Jaguars are hosting a surprise team in the NFL, the New York Football Giants. We're going to talk about it next on Touring the AFC South. Be right back. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. And as I mentioned previously, up next, the New York football giants travel to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars in Duval. (laughs) Well, Jacksonville Jaguars had a lot of people living in Jacksonville saying Duval and being proud of their team when they were 2-1. Now they've lost three straight and it's uh, not looking so good. So in this game, they're definitely going to have to step up and show out at home. Uh, let's talk about them offensively. Uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, he was uh, – Solid last game, did what he did. However, it wasn't for a lot of big yardage. He's done like 20 completions for like 163 yards. Not a lot. Uh, but the running game was gashing the Indianapolis Colts. Basically running for long runs, like, for example, in fourth down, Jermichael Hasty run, 67 yards. And then you've got ETN for a 40-some-odd yard rush. 
Um, that's something they need. Not necessarily the home runs, but they do need consistent running back play and, you know, consistently gashing the defense. If they're able to do that against the uh, New York football giants, then, of course, that will make things a little easier on Trevor Lawrence and allow him to be able to kind of pick and choose his spots to pass the football and, you know, not take as many gambles, you know, unless he just wants to take them. Uh, as far as off, excuse me, as far as the Giants defense, I mean, of course, their main objective needs to be to stop the run. I'm pretty sure Mr. Leonard Williams, a mammoth defensive tackle, will have some kind of figuring into that plan. So we'll see what happens there as far as, um, of course, defensive backs definitely going to need to be on high alert because the Jacksonville Jaguars can make some things happen in there. I mean, you've seen some of the weapons like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones. They do have some weapons there. Also at tight end, Edmund Ingram. He is playing against his old team. I bet so many people missed that. I wonder if he's going to feel a way about showing them what they're missing. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, definitely. They gotta protect the. They gotta make the Trevor Lawrence pass the football, stop the run, those explosive plays. If they're able to do that, then the Giants give themselves a better chance to win. Now the Jaguars, they need to run the football at them and kind of keep them off balance. If they're able to do that, eventually they will fall. So we'll see what happens there. Another good matchup in this game: Adoree Jackson versus Christian Kirk. Man, oh man. That's quick on quick right there. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars do have the advantage at the wide receiver spot, to be honest. Just looking at the defense, the, the Giants defense versus the Jaguars offense, I definitely would take the Jaguars offensive weapons over the New York Giants secondary. That's just a fact. I would. It is what it is. Call me crazy or whatever. Hey, that's what you feel. <laughs> All right, as far as uh, the Giants offensively, Saquon. Yes, I know his name is Saquon Barkley. However, they will be putting a lot of the offense to Mr. Saquon Barkley. That'd be snapping it to him in a wildcat situation, line him up out wide, line him up in the backfield. I mean, screen passes, running routes, whatever, you know, even selling hot dogs at the concession stand. He does it all for this team. And, of course, as a Jacksonville Jaguar, you better know who he is at all time because they're going to get him the ball for majority of their offense. I mean, if it's not, it's going to be Daniel Jones rolling out of some play action or trying to force the ball downfield. Now, I'm not saying he's not capable of it because he's shown he's he can be pretty solid, I guess, behind solid coaching. However, you know, we would much rather him show you than you expect him to do that. So the biggest thing here is to bottle up Saquon. I know, I know it doesn't sound easy. It, it isn't easy, but he is the key to everything. If you're able to force him into a boatload of runs to get even, what, 70, 80 yards, which at that point I don't even think they would keep on doing it. But if they're able to do that, then that bodes well for the Jaguars. <clears throat> and of course, you know, with the weapons outside, I mean, what weapons? Yeah, really. Uh, they don't really have very many weapons outside either. So that could be something uh, the Jaguars defensive backs kind of hang their hats on. They can, uh, I guess, be a little bit more advantageous because no one in that wide receiver room can really, really scare them. That's just facts. So 
you know, as far as defensively or excuse me, offensively, the Jaguars, I mean, as far as offensively, the Giants, I mean, of course, you know, they want to get Saquon the ball any and all places, but they have to kind of give Daniel Jones just a little more to work with. Just a little bit more things to do because you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket with uh, Saquon Barkley and then Daniel Jones doesn't develop into the guy you need him to be at the as the postseason approaches. So definitely got to throw got to throw some things in there. Definitely got to do do a few things offensively in terms of protecting Daniel Jones and then also uh, you know creating the holes up front because if you don't create any holes up front then he's going to be running right up your back and you don't want that. Now cleats on back, nah, not a good thing at all. But yeah. It'll just be interesting. It's an interesting uh, bit of styles because both can run the football. However, the Jags can throw the football, but you know, of course, you had the the, the turnover issues a couple games for um, <clears throat> for Trevor Lawrence. But of course, the Giants they don't have those type of things that, where they're you know taking chances and things like that because Daniel Jones is just not that guy to take a bunch of chances. He's just not. Not at this point, you know, people call him Danny Dimes. I'm sorry, I don't call him Danny Dimes. I call him Danny Pennies because he's got to earn those dimes. He just ain't made it there quite yet. Now, I'm not saying he isn't playing well this year. He is playing well this year. But, you know, he's supposed to when, you know, he's been the guy and he's had the keys to the to the, to the car or the, to the castle, I should say. And it just seems like things keep messing up. Now, I know he had different coordinators and all those different things. I totally understand that. But some of these things are basic things, though. But I digress. In this game, I I could see the Jaguars potentially knocking out the the Giants. Now, we'll (laughs) stick around and see. But, you know, I'm just going to say, don't be surprised if the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the New York football Giants. And that sound of silence you hear. Is everyone in New York not talking about the New York Knicks? (laughs) All right, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the last matchup involving the AFC South. That would be the Houston Texans and the Las Vegas Raiders. They go on Vegas, baby. We'll be right back. For those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know, graphics for my podcast, you can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image and you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality. You can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram at Joshua Silver's Photography. Or you can reach him on Facebook Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did, and he's got me looking great. Welcome back. And this is our last and final segment of the day. The Houston Texans, yay of one win, 
are heading to Las Vegas and they're hoping to hit the jackpot and that'd be another win on the season. But of course, to get that done, you're going to need one man and one man alone offensively. Well, you don't only need one man alone offensively, but you will need one man. That is Mr. Damian Pierce. Mr. Damian Pierce is a rookie running back out of the University of Florida. I believe was a late round pick for them. And boy, oh boy, has he shown some things. Most notably, the run through about 15,000 people of the Jag- yeah, of the Jaguars defense almost to the end zone. But I digress. We'll talk about the Raiders first. Now, uh, them against him against the Raiders first. But, you know, he's going to have to get nearer at nearer over 100 yards. He's going to have to because with him running the football, it opens up other things or potentially opens up other things where Davis Mills doesn't have to be the guy throwing around 30 times and, you know, win a ball game because pretty sure Lovey Smith, Coach Lovey Smith of the Texans does not want them to put the ball up in the air a bunch of times because eventually that leads to turnovers and that's not good for any offense, defense, special team, or a team trying to figure out who they are like the Houston Texans. So definitely got to value the football. You don't want Davis Mills putting it up a boatload of times. That would not be good at all because eventually he's going to get caught and that ain't going to be pretty. It just is what it is. Now, as far as the Raiders defense, uh, not necessarily people you're going to be scared of on that defense all the time outside of Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Yes, Chandler Jones is the brother of John Jones. Yeah, we know. But uh, those two right there can cause some problems. I will say Chandler Jones kind of hasn't done so as much as Max Crosby has. Max Crosby is a handful. And Laramie Tunzel and the Houston Texans offensive line have a task on their hands. If they're able to kind of keep them under a little bit of control, maybe force a few running lanes, then things will be a little easier. But if they don't and they struggle, Max Crosby is going to be licking his chops. And the thing is, if he's doing that, then that means that that gives an easier game to the defensive backs for the Raiders, which is probably something they would love. They'd love to be out there just running, like almost like they're running wind sprints with somebody. Just so, you know, they wouldn't have any issues in coverage. So, just a thought. But let's uh, flip it over the other way. Of course, the Houston Texans are kind of a team made up of, outside of their first round draft, their first round, mm, their first round draft pick and, and their second round draft pick in Julian Petrie, which he's a safety from Oregon. First round pick, Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback from LSU. So, their defense is pretty much a no-name defense. They're going to be a team that comes out there and comes out swinging, going to play, play hard and try to force a few turnovers. As mentioned previously on previous episodes, Lovey Smith wants to force three turnovers per game. Yes, high number, but wouldn't put anything past Lovey Smith. So that's his biggest thing. We'll see what happens when it comes to the Raiders. The Raiders do tend to cough, cough up the football every now and then so it ought to be interesting just to see if they cough up the footballs more or if they make a communication mistake that makes you scratch your head defensively of course you know you got a few guys in there that can make a few plays you know besides i mentioned the max crosby uh and chandler jones you gotta have you know a few other guys in there there are a few other guys and plus also you do have abrams on your back in the safety 
uh, corner, Rockison. They acquired him from the Indianapolis Colts with the Dogway trade. So we'll see what happens. He'll, he'll have a little bit of a task on his hands, potentially with Mr. Brandon Cooks. Now, Brandon Cook gets going against this game, and Davis Mills throws him the football. And boy, oh boy, then you have another whole new set of problems, and you got to look at Nico Collins and those guys because you're going to spend most of your energy putting it on Brandon Cooks and then leaving him one-on-one. And that's not something you know, plenty want to do in terms of Nico Collins or any other uh, receivers, you know, especially if you're still kind of working your things out as a defense. Just saying. As far as offensively, the Raiders, we're pretty sure we're used to seeing uh, Devontae Adams at this point and uh, Carr as well. So we know those two have a connection from college and it continue to, uh, I guess, build on that chemistry and make it where it needs to be for this team to be as great as they want to be. So, I mean, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, they definitely can attack the Texans in the passing game outside of, you know, Stingley. Petrie makes play. As well, so, you know, I can't discount them there, but, you know, they can't cover everybody. So, that's the biggest thing. Uh, attack, attack, attack the Raiders. You got to, I mean, you got to attack them. That's the biggest thing you got to do. I mean, in terms of uh, being the Raiders, I'm sorry. Yeah, the biggest thing you got to do is attack the Texans. They don't have necessarily the, the, you know, the deepest secondary in the world. So, We'll see what happens there as far as the Texans continue to mix things up. I know Lovey loves the cover too, but honestly, you're probably going to have to do better in terms of mixing it up. Uh, but that's just me. I don't get paid to be the the coach of the team, but it's just my observation. Uh, you know, as far as the Texans defensively, don't have many names like I mentioned, but they do and can force turnovers. So carry that ball high and tight. Pay attention to your surroundings. You should get out of there with at least one turnover, if not more than that. If it gets to be too much more than two or three, then you might seriously be in trouble, Houston. Just being honest, it should be a good game. Uh, you have some players out there that, that can make some things happen. You know, you got a Rocky Sin, you got your, uh, you got just a few other pieces and people. And uh, it ought to be interesting to see how this one comes out. Uh, of course, we have now reached the end of touring the AFC South, getting you ready for week seven in the NFL. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. And of course, if you want to hear any more commentary from me, whether it be on the AFC South or any other place or sport, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MikePatton82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N 82 on Twitter. Now, just to give you a heads up, I will talk about where you can find the show, of course, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can find it on iHeartRadio. It's always wherever you need it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode like I did. We're going to call it a day. We'll see you in the recap. We're out. Peace. It's busy.